Get your Bibles open, if you would, to Philippians chapter 4 in the New Testament. And uh, I want to talk this morning about something supernatural. How many know that's a word connected to God? Amen. How many believe supernatural is God's last name, if you had a last name? He's a supernatural God. We serve a God that, that can do anything. And I know, as Pastor Andrew said, that we, we come into church with needs a lot of times. Physical needs where our bodies need a healing or, or a mental touch. Or sometimes it's a spiritual need, a family member. Sometimes it's financial. There's all kinds of needs represented all the time. And I, I want to teach a little bit this morning, if you'll let me, on God's supernatural provision. Amen. How many like the word provision? That means things are being provided for. And uh, no one in here would say, I don't need provision. We all need provision, and God has a lot of provision. How many know anything God has, he has a lot of it? He, he, he owns it all. He's a gazillionaire, amen, if that was a word. And he wants to supply our needs, and that's what Philippians chapter 4 is going to tell us, if you'll get there. I want to read this slowly and get you to think about something this morning. It says, my God, say my God. Now, we didn't say a God or somebody else's God. We said my God. We got to make it personal. Amen. My God shall supply some of my needs. How many? All of my needs. According to what? According to, to what we can do or according to his riches in Christ. Amen. By Christ, in glory, sorry, by Christ Jesus. So the Bible's telling us here, that I want, I want to make a promise, God says. How many like promises? How many like promises that are fulfilled? Those are even better, amen? Promises that are fulfilled. I'm not going to ask how many have had a promise given to you and it was not fulfilled. But the thing I love about God is he always fulfills his promises. There's, there, God cannot promise something and not fulfill it. I believe by the time this message is done, um, your faith is going to be challenged, but even more than challenged, I believe your faith is going to rise. And I believe that your trust is going to rise. And I believe that you're going to uh, believe God to do something supernatural in your life and believe God to do something you cannot do in your own strength. You know, that the, the gospel being preached today is because of people who are faithful in their giving. I began to think about Peter. I don't have this in my notes, but you know, there's a story most of you know in Peter. The Bible says walked on water, and the, and Jesus was in the was in the uh, on the water himself already, and he called to Peter, and the Bible says that Peter just stepped up and stepped down into water, and I want you to understand that in God's kingdom, He is a God that wants to get glory. The matter of fact, the Bible tells us the reason He made us was to give Him glory. And so if we're living, watch this, if we're living a normal life and everything that's happening in our life is normal and there's no supernatural evidence in our lives, then God is not getting any glory. God wants to do stuff in our lives to show us and to show the people around us that he's a supernatural God. He, he wants to brag on himself. How many know God's the one that can brag on himself? We can't brag on ourselves, but God can brag on himself, and he's got a lot to brag about. But he wants us to brag on him, but we can't brag on him if we're not believing for something supernatural, meaning something that I can't do in my own strength. And so I was thinking about Peter. As he stepped up and put his foot down, 
He didn't say, God, I'm going to step down and put my foot on the water if I see a piece of cement float up to the top where I know I won't sink. What did he do? He, by faith, lifted his foot and by faith put it down onto water which does not hold anybody. And when he put his foot on that water, something solid was there. Amen? And then he was able to take another step and something was solid there. And so I I think about this this morning. I know that God in my life wants to challenge me to trust him more. If he says a promise like this, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, that's a promise. And the Bible has hundreds of promises in it. But here's the thing. Promises have conditions. The Bible says over 1,500 times in the Bible, the I and the F. That's if. If my people, for example, will call upon my name. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7, he says, I'll pour out my spirit, I'll do a miracle, I'll heal their land. It's a praying verse. But he says, if. So the Bible has promises, but we have to do our ifs in the Bible. We have to do our part. God says, I I got a promise for you. I'll supply all your needs if you trust me. I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory if you believe in me. Amen. If you get into my economy, if you get into my trust. Amen. So this is a powerful promise. And I want us to go to Proverbs chapter 3, if you would. And I want to read some of the most powerful verses in the Bible uh, about trusting God because God wants us to trust him this morning. One area that is so important to trust in is in our things. Now, I'm not just talking about dinero this morning. I'm not talking about uh, just money, coins, bills, checks. I'm talking about possessions. I'm talking about things, things we own, things we have. And I kind of said this at the end of the service this morning, but I want to say it at the beginning here. If you live in the United States, you are prosperous. Okay? The Bible talks about prosperity Um, But I want you to know that if you live in this country, you're a prosperous person. You know what prosperity is to me? A lot of people would say yachts and boats and houses and cars and all these things. To me, prosperity is knowing what I'm going to eat for my next meal. You know that most of us in here, I would say most of us in here, I I don't know for sure, but most of us could say I know what we're going to eat tomorrow. We're we're probably going to get a check somewhere around the 15th here, and we're going to have money and food for the next two weeks. That's prosperity. Although there's people all around the world that don't know where the next meal's coming from. So we're blessed. Amen. We're blessed. And we have a lot of stuff and we take for granted that sometimes. But I want you to know that God wants to do more in us than we're even believing for. Proverbs chapter 3. Give me an amen if you're there. It says in verse 1, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. How many want to have a long life full of peace? Let not mercy and truth forsake you, but bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Look how we see the word heart so much. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man, I'm going to continue to read in a second, but I want to stay here on this word trust for a second. God wants us to trust him with everything we have. He wants us to understand, you know, there's a prayer in the New Testament where Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. 
We live in a, in a different generation now than when the Bible was written. When the Bible was written, they didn't have refrigerators. They didn't have drive throughs They didn't have stores like we do, like supermarkets. You can go and, and check yourself out and get whatever you need. They, they lived off the land, and they literally had to trust God that that harvest was going to come in and that they were going to be able to eat that next day. And they trusted God on a daily basis, very different than we do because they couldn't store things up like we do now. And so there's the, a teaching that God wants to give here that he wants us to learn to trust him with everything we have. Some people are going, I don't have very much. Trust him with the little you have. It's not about amounts. It's about heart. There's a lot of people who have a lot of money and could have a poverty mentality. Did you hear me right? There's a lot of people who have no money and have a rich mentality. They enjoy life. They love life. It, it's all about what's in your heart and all about what moves you. And, and that's why God said in his word, the love of money is the root of what? All evil. Now, a lot of people misquote that verse, and they'll say, money is the root of all evil. That's a, that's, a, that's a misquote of the Bible. The Bible does not say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Because money has some people. And that's why you could be poor, you could be rich, and money could have you. It could dominate you. It could be everything you think about. It could consume you. But God wants us to be a people who have a generous heart, a people who are givers, amen, and not takers. How many in here this morning want to be a better giver? I'm going to raise both my hands, amen, and both of my feet. I want to be a better giver. I want to be a generous person. I want, I want God's provision to flow through my life. I want to be just like a conduit of God's blessings, amen? And I believe God wants to do that in me, but he wants me to trust him. You know, we live in a world in a day where we trust in a lot of things, and sometimes the last thing we trust in is God. And so God wants us to connect this morning. I love that picture because it, it's kind of showing the storm at the top and, and the wheat at the bottom and the harvest coming, and, and kind of in the middle is where our trust is with God. And he wants us to trust him. And we see that word heart several times here, that we need to bind the, the, the word of God around our heart and say, Lord, I'm not going to let... Uh, my bills or my, my job or my circumstances dominate my thinking. What's going to dominate my thinking is the promises of the word of God. Amen. That he was to supply my needs according to his riches in glory. Let's keep reading here. Verse 5. Here it is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Actually, I skipped four, I think. Did I read four? Let's read it again. It says, find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And here's the key. Lean not on your own understanding. I'm going to get to a story in a minute. It's going to make sense with all this. He says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart evil and it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I, I, I'll raise mine. There's many of us in here have been wise in our own eyes when it comes to things of money, when it comes to things of, 
uh, debt, when it comes to things of making decisions. We're wise in our own eyes sometimes. And instead of trusting God and, and, and knowing that God has a plan and a purpose for us, we get ourselves into trouble. We make bad decisions. Uh, we may, maybe do a compulsive purchase of something or, or make a bad decision that gets us into trouble, and we regret it later. God, I want, I want God to begin to speak to us in a way where we can hear his voice. And when he says, I need something from you, we don't look at it that he needs something from us because he needs money up there or he needs our possessions. What he wants is our obedience. He wants to know that everything that I have is his and nothing that I have is mine. Because how many know that that's what the Bible says in Psalms? Everything, all the earth is the Lord's. Everything is from God. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. Everything is God's. And so we understand and trust this morning that if I want to have his provision in my life, I don't want to believe just for provision that I can get on my own. I believe God wants somebody in here today to step up to a place of provision that's supernatural. Where, he, where you, you are giving God glory. You're saying, I don't know how this happened. I don't know where this came from. I don't know how I was able to do this. I don't know how I was able to help that. I don't know how I was able to sow that seed. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how. But then you say, I know it was God. I know it was God. Amen? Y'all still here? Now watch this. Let's read these next two verses. Here's the key. Honor the Lord with your possessions. That's everything. Your car, your house, your, your clothes, your food, your family, everything you, everything you possess, we should honor God with it. Amen? But here's the key. If you don't get anything else out of this message, get this. He says in the next part of this verse, with the first fruits of all of your increase. I want you to understand something. I'm going to get to a story in a moment that's really going to make sense. God doesn't want your leftovers. He doesn't want what's left over. He doesn't want uh, second or third or fourth. He wants first. Amen? He wants the first of everything we have, the first of our day, the first of our week, the first of our thoughts. He, wa he wants everything to be directed towards him because, listen, the Bible says he's a jealous God. He does not share his glory with anybody, and he's a, but he's a good God. He's a jealous God, but he's a good God. And he wants to have a relationship with us, but he wants to have the first part of our heart. I know nobody in here ever gets jealous. I know nobody's ever struggled with jealousy. But God has a jealousy problem. He doesn't like to be second. He likes to be first. And how many know he deserves to be first? He deserves the honor, amen, of being first in everything in our lives. And so here we are hearing promise again. But he's asking for an if. He says, if you'll honor me with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, he says, here's the promise. Your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. For, our, for us today, that's provision that is abundant, that we would have enough to not only take care of our needs, but we'd be able to help somebody else. Not only the needs of the church, but we'd be able to help other churches and other places around the world. That's why we do Mission Sunday. Uh, this is a little bit of a different day today because this is our, our normal day for missions, but we're not giving a missions offering to another country today. We're going to take up an offering at the end, and I, and I sent a text out yesterday to most of the people who get the, the text that we're taking up an offering for our, our, our baby church in Carrollton, our daughter church. 
that we birthed out a couple years ago. And so we're giving to home missions today. Now, I'm not preaching this message for it to be a good offering. I'm preaching this message because I want to teach us something. Because God does not want to get money from us. God wants to put money through us. God wants to get money to us. He wants us to be a conduit. But I, I, I had something the Lord spoke to me early in the week, and I'm going to get there, but I'm laying groundwork for it. I want you to understand that when we begin to honor God with what we have, God honors us with what he has. Let me say that again. When I begin to honor God with what he has, with I have, what I have, sorry, he begins to honor me with what he has. Now stop and think about that for a second. We're not talking about some billionaire or some millionaire or some business person or some company. We're talking about the creator of everything. We're talking about the God of this universe. Isn't that humbling and exciting to think that we serve the God of the universe? How many know he's not a small G this morning? He's a big G. He's the G. Amen. He's the only G. The only God. He's a big God. And he has a lot of provision. And he's saying, I want to pour my provision through my children. But I just need them to understand a principle. That I love to fulfill my promises but I have to have obedience to do it. It's the thing you've got to understand with God. He he doesn't change. We change. How many change? We change. We change our minds. We change our thoughts sometimes. We we change. uh, We have fickle feelings. We kind of tend to change with with what's around us, but God doesn't change. And he wants to do amazing things to us this morning. I want to lift your expectation of what you could believe God for. Amen? This isn't a name and claim it message. This is an understand God's principle message. That he's a God who blesses. He's a God who has the, 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 all the provision that I need. But he wants me to honor him with what I have. And he wants to me to honor him with what's first. Now as you get to 1 Kings chapter 17, would you open your Bibles to the Old Testament? 1 Kings chapter 17 is going to be after 1 and 2 Samuel, kind of near the beginning of the Old Testament. I'm going to go to a story that the Holy Spirit put in my, in my spirit earlier in the week. But I want, to, I want to, as you're getting there, I want to remind you of a story uh, that's in the New Testament, if you're taking notes, in Matthew chapter 17, verses 24 to 27. So I don't want you to look at Matthew. I want you to just uh, write that down. I want you to go to 1 Kings 17 for time. But I'm going to quickly tell you what happened in Matthew chapter uh, 17. How many have ever heard the story of the coin in the fish's mouth? Amen? If you haven't, let me just tell it to you really quick. And I want to say something that's super important. If you don't believe what the Bible says is true, if you have an attitude this morning of, ah, that just sounds like a good Sunday school story, God will never do anything supernatural in your life. Because these aren't Sunday school stories. These happened. And, and I can tell you over and over and over again how many times I've seen miraculous things happen in my life that are unexplainable. Supernatural is something that's not explainable. Supernatural means you can't do it in the natural. How, how many here, don't have to raise your hand, I'm talking to your spirit this morning, 
have seen God do something supernatural in your finances, in your body, in your life that's not explainable to to man. Amen. It's not natural. It's supernatural. And, And God gets the glory for that. But how many times do we let our faith get crushed by circumstance, by what we see with our eyes, by with what we hear around us, what the world tells us? And God is looking for us to say, hey, hey, don't worry about what you see, what you hear. Trust me. Trust my economy. Trust my provision. Trust my unfailing hand, the Bible says. Amen? Trust that. And so Peter needs some money for the tax collectors. And, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand there, but I'll tell you, I need some help with the tax collectors. Amen. I owe quite a bit of money to Uncle Sam from taxes. And I'd, I'd love for a miracle to happen, and I'm believing for it, and I'd love to get up here and testify someday for, like Peter is testifying right here in this story. He says, Jesus, I need to pay my taxes. Should I pay my taxes? And he says, give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Give to God's what's God's. He says, but I'm going to show you how when you walk with me, Peter, you can walk in the supernatural. This is why you can believe for something. It, it doesn't mean we don't go to work. It doesn't mean we don't, we don't do our, our dil, do, do, due diligence on things. We don't sit back and say God's going to do a miracle. And he's a genie. Let me rub the genie and see if he'll come out. But when you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're putting yourself in a position for a miracle. And I, 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 one of the most exciting things about serving God is that a miracle can happen any day, at any moment. A miracle can take place. Something can happen out of the norm. And so Jesus says, I'm going to show you something, Peter. He says, I want you to go to Ray Roberts. I want you to go down to Lake Louisville, and I want you to go fishing. And Peter was good with that because he liked to fish. He said, I want you to go, and I want you to fish, and the first fish you catch... I want you to open that mouth, and your taxes and my taxes are going to be in that fish's mouth. Tell me that's not supernatural. Here's the problem. If God told us today that today, what would we do? What would we possibly do in our flesh? Are you kidding me, God? Really? You want me to go to Ray Roberts and fish, and I'm going to get some money out the fish's mouth? Really, God? That's what some of us would do. But you see, you're never going to see anything supernatural happen if your life, in your life if you don't step out in faith. The, the serving God is a step of faith, a constant step of faith. Peter heard that and in his flesh thought, Jesus, you're crazy. But his spirit said, Jesus, I love you. I believe you. Do you see the difference? It's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh says, you can't do this. The flesh says, that's ridiculous. The flesh says, that's crazy. Here's an example. We know through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, God says, I want you to give, as we just read in Proverbs, I want you to give, you, give me your first fruits. I was reading Nehemiah this week. That's another thing. I didn't even get into that this morning. The Nehemiah chapter 10. Man, it's a good chapter and a good book. Um, when they're reestablishing the things of God, and he talks about honoring, and he talks about first fruits, first fruits. Somebody say first fruits with me. Let me just break down what first fruits means for you. It means first. In the Greek, it means first. In Hebrew, it means first. It means primero. Amen? Y'all with me? 
It means when I get something, when I get, when I get my, my paycheck, the first thing I do is pay my tithes from the, to the Lord. That's what the Bible says. And here's what's crazy. We don't even realize it, and maybe some of us do. Maybe some of us don't pay our tithes. Maybe some of us haven't grasped that yet or understood that, what the Bible teaches. But he says, I'm going to give you increase, but I want you to test me in this, and I want you to see if I'm faithful to what I say, and I want you to get your check, and I want you to give back to me the first 10%, first fruits, first. How many know that's a little bit crazy to trust God for 90% of your income? Right? That's a little bit crazy to think about that, that I could live. That, I mean, who does that? Who gives 10% of their income away? Who does that? So there, there's a faith thing there. But if you don't step out in faith and obedience with God, guess what happens? The devourer, the Bible says, has full access to everything you own. Can I say that again? Malachi says that when you, when you are, give your first fruits to God, you are protected not from your car breaking down, not from getting laid off from your job. Those things can happen. Not from having an accident. Those things can happen. But you are protected from the devil touching your stuff. And not only are you protected from the devil touching your stuff, you are protected from the devil stealing what is not his. And on top of that, you have a, a door open to you from God that says if your car breaks down or your battery didn't work or you lost your job, don't worry because you're in God's economy and you're, I'm a supernatural God and I'll get you a better job. I'll get you a better car. I'll fix your car. I'll, I'll bring a blessing from a different side that you're not expecting. Just trust me. Jesus, I'm, uh, Peter, I'm going to take care of your taxes, but I'm not just going to. He probably could have easily just pulled out some money and gave Peter the money for the taxes. Could have just gave it to him. Here, go pay our taxes. I talked about that a couple months ago. They had a treasurer. Jesus had a treasurer, which means he had enough money that he needed a treasurer. Someone counting the money for the ministry. Could have just gave it to him. Here's our, But he said, no, I want Peter to understand, I want Victory World Outreach in 2018 to understand that I'm a supernatural God and that I'm bigger than what we see in our, with our own eyes. He says, go fish. Peter goes and fishes, pulls the fish out, opens the mouth, and there's a four uh, drachma there, which means it's enough for him and Peter to pay their taxes. Supernatural. Supernatural. What do you think that did for Peter's faith? But a lot of times we see a miracle of somebody else and we go, man, I wish that would happen to me. Well, guess what? If Peter doesn't go to the lake, it doesn't happen to him. If he doesn't understand that I have a supernatural God that's testing me to see if I trust him, I'll never get that blessing. I'll never get that miracle. So let's look at 1 Kings chapter 17 to close out this morning. I want you to see this story. Stay with me if you would because this is really the best part of the message. This is really what I want you to see. I want you to see the principles of how God works. 1 Kings chapter 17. And as you get there, I want to say something before I forget it. I, I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I say this from the bottom of my heart. I, uh, I would rather have my electricity turned off 
have my house repossessed, lose everything I have, and be paying my tithes and being obedience to God, then have everything I have working and be cursed. That's just me, though. I, 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 don't, I don't care if my electricity gets, yes, it's summer, yes, that's bad. I'm, I'm giving to God what is his because I honor him. And I trust him. And, and God wants you to get to that place. He wants you to get to that place where you trust him enough to say, God, I trust you. you you've asked me to do this. I'm going to obey. And then I'm going to sit back and watch what you can do. And it's so exciting to see what God can do. It's scary sometimes, too. It's scary sometimes, too. Amen. Don't you think Peter was a little bit scared going to the lake, not only thinking if he was going to catch a fish, but let alone, you know, open up that thing and see his coin in there. Amen. Watch this. 1 Kings 17, 8. Then the word of the Lord, that's important, came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. And see, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Isn't that interesting? A widow? Meaning a woman who's lost her husband and, and, and the man's not around to provide? And, and listen, that's a totally, you, you, that might not be a big deal today. Back then, the women didn't work. There was no provision from the woman. She, she, the man worked and provided for the house, and there was no provision. So he's going to this widow. Maybe it was a widow that had money, though. Maybe it was a widow that got left a good inheritance. We don't know what was going through Elijah's mind as he's going out of obedience to Zarephath to be provided for by a widow. How many know sometimes God will tell you to do something and he doesn't give you all the instructions? Matter of fact, let me say that again. How many know that never does God give you all the instructions? Let me just rephrase that again. Ever. It wouldn't be faith if he'd lay it all out. He'll give you a little bit. He'll say, he'll just say go. Just go. And you go. And sometimes it seems foolish. But what happens is once you go and you see God provide, this thing called experience happens. And this thing called faith builds. And then you go and do it again, and it goes, it builds again and grows again. And then all of a sudden you get to a place where you say, man, uh, I've, been, I've been serving God a long time, and he's never failed me yet, so why would I not trust him now? Why would I stop believing now? Or you might be here and you might say, I've never listened, and today I'm going to try. Today I'm going to step out. I'm going to start listening to what God tells me to do. Go to the widow. She's going to provide for you. So what did he do? He went, verse 10. He arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there. Just like that coin was in this fish's mouth. But she was not in a big house. She was not surrounded by servants. She didn't have a big old pretty chariot. He probably noticed as soon as he saw her, she didn't have much. She was gathering sticks. She's probably a little bit dirty, probably a little bit tired. And he sees her, and she's gathering sticks, verse 10. And he says to her, bring me a little water in a cup that I might drink. That's kind of presumptuous, huh? Goes and meets this woman. And it doesn't even say hi. Hey, bring me some water. I'm thirsty. All right? Sometimes God asks us something that's like, what? What do you mean? What do you think the widow thought? Get your own water. Amen? I'm busy picking up sticks. And watch what she does. 
as she was going to get it. See, God begins to honor us right when we begin to move. Even before we fulfill what he asked us to do, he sees our heart say, yes, God. And listen, it's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. Flesh will always say no. Spirit will always say yes, 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 yes. Let's do this. The spirit's willing. The flesh is weak. Let's trust God. Let's, let's, let's believe God. There's a stack of bills over here. I might lose my house. I just got laid off. I got to pay my rent. I got to pay my tithe. Got to pay my rent. Which one am I going to do? Am I going to honor God or am I going to honor man? What am I going to do? There's the question. There's the, the real rubber meets the road. But who do I have my faith in? And I didn't say this in the first message, but I'm thinking about this right now. This is important to think about. And I don't, I'm not say this mean at all, but listen, a lot of times, church, when we're asked to do something, God tells us, hey, sow a seed, give an offering, help this, do that, do that. We many times begin to say, well, I can't do that because, and I can't do that because. But we need to ask ourselves, and I don't say this mean, we all need to ask ourselves, what are the things we say yes to when it comes to money? Did we go buy us a pair of shoes this week we didn't need? Did we go do something? I'm not saying that mean. I'm just saying how quickly do we go spend money for ourselves? But then God says, hey, give something to me. Like, I ain't got that. I ain't got that. Right? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's something to think about. When we're honoring God, we say, God, you're first. And once I give you what's yours, and once I've obeyed you, then I could go get something for myself. Amen. But you don't, want, you don't want to go on vacation with God's money. It's not going to be a good vacation. Amen. Pay your tithes, give what's God's, and then God will give you a better vacation. Right? Let it be blessed. Here, here's what he's, he's testing us. He's looking at our heart. Go get me some water. As she's going, verse 11, watch this, to get it. He calls to her and says, and please, I'm thankful he said please. Ain't nothing that drives me more nuts than when someone asks me to do something. You can't say please first. Hello? I'll throw it in there for you. I hear someone say, hey, can you get, can you get me this, please? I don't know if that bothers anybody else. Amen. But he said please. And bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So this, this guy... You know why he's doing this? Because he heard from the Lord. And God said, this woman is going to provide for you. Sometimes as a, as a preacher, I might sound kind of presumptuous or bold as I'm speaking something to you. I'm, I'm speaking what the Holy Spirit's telling me to say. Just as Elijah said, hey, go get me some water. Go get, don't, don't get mad at me when I challenge you through the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's trying to do something to you. He's trying to get something to you. Amen? I don't get mad at the man of God when he speaks something in my life because God's speaking to me through that person. That, that woman, she might have in her flesh been like, who knows what she's thinking, but she went. She went. Sometimes you might be like, I don't know what this dude thinks he is, but I'm going to go get this water. You know, I don't know, but, he, but she went. You don't always, you don't always, it's not always, but yes, God, I'm so thankful you asked me for that sacrifice. Yes. Praise God. Nothing I'd rather do. I do that to my daughter sometimes. Hey, can you get me this? I said, there's nothing I'd rather do than get you that right now. 
Amen? I might, have, I might be sarcastic about it, but I go get it. Amen? Y'all with me? Just obey. Sometimes the attitude's not exactly perfect, but you obey. She still went. She goes. And verse 12 says, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. I get you your water. I don't have any bread. All I have is a handful of flour in a bin. Watch this. And a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Wow. So God is, would God do that? Would God do that? Would God ask somebody that has nothing for something? Would he? He is. She don't have nothing. She ain't got nothing to give. And God's going to go ask her to give something. Because he's a supernatural God. He could have sent Elijah to a rich widow with more than enough, and, and would have provided for her, for him. Y'all following me? God has lots of ways to do things. He could have done that. But he wasn't just working on Elijah. He was working on this widow. And that widow was probably saying, God, you know I love you. Me and, me and my husband were faithful to you. He's gone. You took him from me. Now what? God, I need an answer. God, I need some help. And here comes a man. And she's thinking, she probably thought, as he's coming. Oh, here's my answer right here. Nice looking, handsome man. I, I see the presence of God on him. He's going to help me. And what does he do? Asks her for what she has. That is so presumptuous. I need, I need uh, some water and I need some, you to bake me some bread. So you think, you think that might be it. You think after she says, we're going to eat, this is all last me, we're going to eat and die. Elijah would have been like, well. Okay, I'm, I must be at the wrong place. God, let me check the address. You said you were going to provide for me from this woman, and she ain't got nothing. He could, see, how, see how God's working on two people right here? Faith on both sides? Watch what happens in 13. Then the word of the Lord comes. I love when the word of the Lord comes. You know what happens when the word of the Lord comes? This is that moment where God is speaking to you, and your flesh is fighting your spirit, and all of a sudden your spirit beats the flesh. Something rises up and says, okay, I feel, I, this is crazy. This don't make no sense, but I feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, y'all, I know some of y'all just got that. They're, you're like, this is the stupidest thing I'm ever going to do in my life, but I'm excited about it. This don't make no sense, but I can feel God on this. And all of a sudden, excitement begins to come in your spirit because you begin to feel the Lord speaking. So he starts, he says, this is what he says. Elijah says, don't fear. How many love that word? Look at the person next to you and say, do not fear. And do as you have said, he says. Now watch this. Go make me a small cake from that last meal you have. And watch this. From it what? Can somebody shout out what he asked for? First. Amen. Amen first. That's your last meal. One of you is going to die, your son or your daughter, or you are going to die, but I want the first piece. 
How presumptuous is that? God knows she's going to die, but he says, I need you to give me the first piece of cake. See first fruits? And bring it to me. And then he says, then make some for yourself and your son. See this right here, this, this 10 words or 12 words or whatever, and this 13 right here, this is it, this is it right here. This is it. If you don't get nothing else, get this. I give God what's his first, and then he gives me what I need. Y'all following me? I give God what he needs first, then God gives me what I need. And he says, for thus says the Lord. Oh, I love that. The God of Israel. Watch this. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Word of God. Let me tell you something. When the word of God comes out, nothing stops it. Nothing stops it. Don't worry about what the world says. Don't worry about what your job says. Don't worry about what the news says. Worry about what God's word says. He has the last word. Thus says the Lord. She went away, and watch this, this is the key, and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household, I love this, ate for many days. Wasn't that her last meal? I thought that was her last meal. She said, I just got enough for one cake for me and my son. We're going to eat it. We're going to die. How is she going to eat for many days? Supernatural. I don't want man's provision. I want God's provision. And listen, I'm, I'm not talking to you just, just to talk. I'm, talk. I'm talking, I've lived this. I've lived this. Just trust God. God spoke things to me over my life. There's been times when I've needed. I remember times when I was in the conference in, 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 at the home church as a missionary sitting there on a Friday night on, or Thursday night on the missions night. I'm a missionary, okay, at a mission service. And they're taking up a missions offering, and God speaks to me, the missionary, and tells me to give my offering from preaching to the missions. And I need to buy clothes for my kids because I'm back in the United States. They're expensive in Costa Rica. Y'all with me? Take that check and sign it over to the church. I don't say that to brag on me. I'm telling you, I trust God. I have learned over the years when he speaks to me, I'm doing it. I don't even bat an eye. God, you'll provide those clothes. Amen? Whatever he speaks. What if God told you this morning he wanted you to sell your car? What if God told you this morning he wanted, to give your, he wanted you to give your car to somebody? What if God told you this morning he wanted you to take all the food in your house and go give it to somebody? What if God told you to go to your closet, pick out the most favorite clothes you have and give it to somebody? I'm not saying God's going to say that. I'm just telling you a what if. Who owns your stuff? Does God own it? Amen. That's the attitude. God owns it. If God gave it to me once, he'll give it to me again. I said this to the youth at camp. I said, anytime God's ever asked me for something, he's always given me something back better. Always. 
God is looking for people who don't have sticky hands. If it's sticky and he knows you'll keep it, it, it won't flow. But he's looking for people he can flow through. Flow through. Here's what's cool. It says they ate for many days. James chapter 5. You can write it down and look at it later. Verse 17. I actually read it this week. Didn't know the Lord was going to give me this, this message. James 5.17 says that, that Elijah prayed and it would not rain for three and a half years. Guess how many days they ate off that one meal? Three and a half years off of one offering. One offering. But she gave her best. She gave her first fruits. She gave out of obedience. And three and a half years. And then he goes on to say, she went away and did it. They ate for many days. And verse 16 says, the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Somebody in here this morning is going to get this. Somebody in here is going to get excited. Somebody in here is going to say, God, I am ready to step out into supernatural provision. I'm ready to begin to listen to your voice. And when you speak, I'm going to give. I'm going to do. I'm going to go. I'm going to say. I'm going to obey. Because it is so exciting to connect with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Do you think God loves Elijah more than he loves you? Do you think he loves that widow more than he loves you? No, he does not love anybody more than anybody else. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. You know what the only difference is between persons? It's called faith. That's what sets people apart. Because the Bible says, some people think, well, he's got more faith and she's got more faith. They just know. The Bible says we've been given a measure of faith. But what do you do with your faith? What do you do with the faith God gave you? He wants you to step out. He wants you to be like Peter. He wants you to go get that coin out the fish's mouth. He wants you to listen to his voice. But more than any of that, he wants you to trust him. Trust him. The last thing I'll have you write down, and I'm not going to get into this, but I thought this was important. Four Ps. God's promise. God's purpose. The place and the pattern. God promises provision. He gives it with a purpose. He asks you to give it to a place. That's his storehouse. That's the church. And then he asks you to have a pattern. Too many people over the years, I've seen them say, you know, they hear a message. God speaks to them. Man, I'm going to try this tithe thing. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. see what happens. And they tithe their next check, and they don't see an immediate result. They did it with the wrong reason. They did it with the wrong motive. You don't think God knew you were going to try it once? You don't think God knew? But when he sees a person that says in their heart, that's why Corinthians says purpose in your heart what you'll give. You get to a place where you just trust God. I got news for you this morning. With or without God, you're going to have bills. With or without God, you're going to have accidents. With or without God, you're going to have cars break down. With or without God, you're going to have sickness. With or without God, life's going to go on. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But when you are in covenant with God and you do obey his word and, and you do what he asks, then something supernatural can happen. And that's the realm we should want to live in. Bow your heads this morning if you would. Close your eyes. 
all over this place in reverence to the Lord. We're going to close in just a moment with a time of prayer. But real quickly, I just want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody moving around. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, you've never asked Jesus into your heart. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning. And you want to. I want you just to say, Pastor, pray for me. Here's my hand. I want to be saved this morning. I'm not asking you to become a member of this church. I'm not asking you if you're a part of a religion. I'm asking you that if you passed into eternity this morning, if you breathed your last breath, as 150,000 people will do today, where would you spend eternity? The Bible tells me that you can spend it in heaven because Jesus came down and died on the cross for your sins. And he paid a price for you. You know why God wants us to give him first fruits? Because he gave his first fruits. He gave his very best. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. If that's you this morning and you've never said that prayer, just be honest with God and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? I want want to be, be saved this morning. As everybody's here and, and, and you're praying right now, I want to I do one more thing a little different than we normally do. I want to ask everybody to stand to your feet. We're going to have the ushers come forward.